So I, it is my honor to introduce Pastor Fred. He's bringing the word this morning. And uh, the word I have for you, Pastor Fred, is that you are a mighty warrior of God. You have stood in the trials and you have stood in the victory and you will continue to stand. And he has strengthened you um, for today and all the days to come. So thank you for this mighty warrior, Jesus. Thank you that he is a light in this building, that he leads with love. And he is a man of honor and victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Interesting that she would use the word honor <laughs> as much as she did. That's exactly what we're talking about this morning. Yeah. Honor. Um, hmm. Thank you, Father. Um, honor. It means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, it's one of those things, oftentimes, as you're preparing the word, um, I don't know about you know, some of the rest of you as you're doing that, but oftentimes I'll, I'll start with the definition. And sometimes I'll use it in the word and sometimes not. Honor is one of those words that you look it up in Webster's and you get lots of examples, more so than definition. And so um, I want to start this way. I'm going to ask my lovely wife. my love of my life, my own personal Vanna. That's probably bad comparison. You're much, you're much prettier than Vanna. And much younger. And much younger. Oh. Despite what the Botox makes her look like. Yeah. <laughs> um, In the long evening gowns. <laughs> right, I, I've yet to this see is her. rustic winter guy right now. <laughs> yes, one of the many pairs of boots. Please mouth. Um, but I want to start with this. I want to know your uh, ideas, examples of how you honor, ways you honor, ways you, maybe you don't necessarily specifically do this even, but what are examples of honor either in your life or just examples that you know of, if you would like to share, okay? Um I think I probably do. So just a simple one is what Melissa did as they came up here. You know, she showed honor. Just, I specifically, look, God has put on my heart over the last few years, and it's been difficult to articulate up until now. Um, but it has been my heart's desire, and he's been saying, you need to cultivate a culture of honor. And, and this is specifically why we have a service leader, because it's opportunity. Now, it may sound a little self-serving since I'm doing uh, maybe the lion's share of the preaching, because <laughs> I'm getting a lot of that, but that's not the reason I did it. The reason I did it is because it, it gives each one of us as service leaders opportunities to honor, and others even to join in and, and, and to hear that, because there's blessing in that. And so that's one example. What are other ways? Simple ways. It doesn't have to be great and profound. Look, I'll give you another example, and this one's just really simple. Um, it, I think a lot of times you use this upstairs. You know, you address Mrs. Garcia as Mrs. Garcia, not just a woman 
or hey Michelle, you know, um, I insist that the kids. There is one particular child that calls me mom. <laughs> There's no moms in the learning center. <laughs> I insist that the kids, with all of them, and maybe you've heard me do this, but most of you don't do this, um, that you address me as Pastor Fred. And, and, and all of you do, and all of you, most all of you do. But at times, I'll, re, I'll remind you that not because I'm worthy of being called pastor, it's an opportunity. It's a good habit to, to build is addressing people by their their formal former type formal title. A lot of times, especially as I'm up here, I'll address Matthew as Doctor Matthew, or I try to because he's worked very hard for that title and, and it honored. It's a it's something I do to honor him. I. This is a lifelong friend who sits up here in the front, and I could call him Tim, but oftentimes I call him Pastor Tim or Apostle Tim. It's just part of his habit. Part of it's just I, I want to honor him. So um, what are examples that you have? Or do I need to keep priming the phone? Um, well, I, I can say that I honestly appreciate, you know, Every morning we have a pledges at school, and so we do a pledge of allegiance to the the Christian flag and to the Bible and to the United States flag. And I think that's a great way of installing honor within our children. You know, to honor the the symbols of freedom and what our country stands for and what Jesus did on the cross and and all that. And um, now us being a military family. Um, I think we kind of understand a little bit more of that. In fact, I was in the uh, grocery store yesterday, and a new line opened up. It was busy. We were at Meyer, and the new line opened up, and there were, you know, the, the clerk's like, lane 18's open. And so I, like, scooch over to do it, and then there's, like, this veteran, Vietnam veteran, camp guy. He's probably, I would say, in his early 80s. He was moving over too, and I was like, oh, well, you go first. And he's like, no, you go first. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'll go first. He's like, I'm not in a hurry. And so, but we were in line, and I looked at him, and I said, thank you for your service. And he said, you know, you're welcome. And, and then I said, well, I have a daughter who's in the Air Force now. And he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, I was Air Force. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I go, well, she's in security forces, and. She's going to go to North Dakota, Grand Forks, North Dakota. And he's like, yeah, that's a good place to go. <laughs> and so, you know, that was just a cool, you know, moment. <laughs> Until us, I guess they are, and she gets her Tundra badge, but that's another story. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, I mean, that was just a couple seconds where, like, he felt appreciated for, you know, his dedication and sacrifice to our country. I mean, it was not more than a, you know, five-minute conversation, but, you know, I mean, he told me he had been retired from the Air Force for 30 years, so most likely he probably had a career in the Air Force, and that was something that meant something to him. And so, you know, being a a military family now, I mean, I had a little taste of it. Um, I have an uncle who's retired Air Force, and I spent a whole summer with him, um, after I graduated from high school. And I can't tell you, there's nothing like being in a military town on the 4th of July. And, you know, Air Force flyovers, all these kind of fun things. I was like, woo, you know, and that was before I even knew, had a sense of what that means. Um, So there's a a level of honor, you know, for our military that I know God has instilled into me 
not only because Alyssa's a part of it now. I mean, you know, we were being brought into that even when, you know, T and, and Becca and Ben, you know, were in the Marines, and they're still Marines. I mean, once a Marine, always Marine. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, that's that. The greatest form of honor anybody could have is is to lay down your life for one's friend and one country, and, you know, for God, you know. So I honor you, all military people in the room, Mr. Tim Davies, former uh, Navy person, Apostle Tim, um, Army Reserve, Dr. Widmer, I believe, John, that you served. You know, thank you so much for your service. And if I miss anybody, please forgive me. Marianne's son, Sean, he's an active Marine. You know, so we're, we're grateful for all that, for all that. Yeah. Amen. Um, I was just going to say honor um, is like fulfilling an obligation. So making your yes be a yes and your no be a no. You know, whatever you say you're going to do, promise to do something, you honor that person by doing Sure, showing integrity, being a person of your word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. honor to is doing something in the way you know someone else would want you to do that. Um, for instance, Matt's really good about this sort of thing. When we were first married, I was trying to get the house cleaned or whatever. And uh, he said, well, I'll clean the bathroom. I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> and then he said, how would you like me to do it? Because he knew that I had a specific way that I liked to clean things. And so I told him, and he did it that way. And sometimes I think it's easier to do it our own way, but we honor the person that we are helping by doing it the way they request. Yeah, that's really good. Any other thoughts? Being respectful to others. Being respectful to others. Mm-hmm. And understanding differences in opinions. Mm-hmm. And not attacking each other. <laughs> yeah, we understand that. But that is true. Another way of honor is... Hold on, Jack. Another way of honor would be assuming that just because it's your opinion and someone else has a different opinion that disagrees with your opinion doesn't automatically mean that their opinion is wrong. And true. your opinion, all of a sudden, because just because you have your own opinion... It's revelation, isn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good, yeah. Yes. Anybody else? No. Oh, Mary Ann. <laughs> In some ways, I feel um, you bring, you honor yourself by surrounding yourself with good role models and people to look up to um, in life. So um, I feel that way. So, honoring by who you surround yourself with, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is honoring to yourself. Yeah. You know, um, my dad said it another way, but I won't, that's a little more colorful, would you say? <laughs> <laughs> well said. He kind of says the opposite, actually. <laughs> he does say the opposite, yeah. If you hang with something, you're going to smell like it. Yeah. Insert the uh, fragrance of your choice. (laughs) 
We're not talking about lilacs. <laughs> no more like the fertilizer for lilacs. Yeah. Well, let me just throw this up, okay? Um, how do we bestow honor? And, and if this sparks some other thoughts, um, feel free to shout them out, and I'll, I'll do my best to translate. Um, but just ways. You know, when I sat down and I thought about this, and I've been thinking about this for some time. As I said, it, it's been... This is something that I've not put to paper until probably the last couple of weeks. Um, but it's been on my heart for some time. You know, teaching honor is is a good thing, but it's also, it can be challenging. And sometimes it's a timing thing, too. Um, but I really felt impressed as we began this year that this was one of the, the keys uh, as we as we move forward is honoring one another and honoring God. But we do it through our communication, our verbal communication and our nonverbal communication. I don't know that I need to embellish that or, or, or um, necessarily, y'all know what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, you know, we can be present with a person, but we can throw off all sorts of negative vibes, even if we're saying the right thing. Um, and that can be honoring or dishonoring. Um, saying, uh, well, let's see, saying nice things, okay? We kind of touched on this a, a little bit, titles, you know, acknowledging, uh, you know, a person's hard work or their accomplishments, um, acknowledging others' value and worth, you know, it is extremely honored. Um, I don't always feel like honoring those around me at times, especially when, Perhaps they're doing things that uh, that I would deem unworthy or or foolish. Uh, but at the same time, everyone has a base value and worth as a human being, as a child of God. And so, so there's honor in how in, in pressing past sometimes feelings and emotions, or, or even fact, to honor that other person and, and how we deal with them. Um, saying the hard things. This. This is a struggle at times, <clears throat> being direct and honest. You know, when we have issues, we need to speak the truth in love. That is not easy. It, it just isn't, especially, you know, you can think of examples which are simple. And then you can think of the, the complexities of just relationships. And we've all been there on some level. Um, it's not always easy to speak the truth in love, to be direct and honest with people, but it is honoring to do so. You know, the opposite would be uh, on the uh, the extreme end. You know, when we're, when we're taking our issues to other people rather than the person who has offended us or the person we have an issue with. You know, on, on the far end is gossip and slander, right? Um, but there, there's an in between where um, good intentions go bad. Right, where we can have an issue with people, but our good intentions and in trying to to figure people out, um, this leads us down a road that gets us in trouble. Again, I've been there, um, and it's a tempting road to follow at times if you deal with lots of relationships. Um, another version of that same thing is stuffing our feelings to avoid hurting others. Now, 
we can stuff our feelings and be resentful and, and it shows in our body language. And then I'm not talking about choosing not to bring things up, forgiving and letting things go. If we're forgiving, it's not going to affect the way we act. But if we're not forgiving, or we say we're forgiving, but it's still affecting the way that we're acting toward that person, there's there's something more that probably needs to be dealt with. So all these things, the, the complexities of relationships, you could camp out there and go into the intricacies of that alone, and there's a lot of places to honor, or places that I think sometimes we, we dishonor totally unintentionally. I know that happens. But it's in the giving of time and attention, resources. One of the things that struck me the other, the other night, we had an elders meeting, and Apostle Tim was... Um, brought out the, the finances, and I was so blessed. Um, there were no names attached to it, okay? Uh, I don't want to know names uh, about who gives what and so on and so forth. Um, there's times that, that I know, and there's, but I don't seek that information out. But I'm so blessed. The giving that has been going on in this place over the past year, especially the past six months, it has been so honoring. I'm just blown away by your generosity in giving to this ministry. Um, as the head of this ministry, uh, it 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 just it just honors me and it blesses me to no end. So so thank you so much. Uh, it enables us to do the work of the kingdom. And some of that is maintenance and so on and so forth, but we know that. Um, acting with integrity, and you had brought that up earlier, uh, Marianne. So, um, reasons, real quick. Why, why do we bestow honor? Again, people have value. There is not a person on the face of the earth who is not worthy of a base measure of honor. If you're a child of God, you are deserving of some honor, the very least. And that's that's the only thing. That's what makes your work. Um, As merited by actions or accomplishments, and we've kind of talked about that. Um, Or a person's position, place of authority, and again, we've kind of talked about that. Honor. In the Hebrew, um, there's a couple of words, just two of them that I've picked out, um, but two words which represent honor as we look through God's word and do a study. Honor literally means to beautify or to glorify. Um, the root word uh, for honor, which, which you find in 1 Kings chapter 8, where the priests are overwhelmed by the glory of the Lord. The, cloud, the glory cloud comes in, and the priests just, they just, they just melt in the presence. They can't stand. There's that, there's that uh, physical that Melissa was talking about. There's a great example where the priests were so overwhelmed physically that all they could do is bow down in adoration. They were overwhelmed by the glory of the Lord, the kabah. But that root word is, is one of its translations is to honor. 
And so that gives you a sense, just the Old Testament alone. New Testament, in the Greek, it speaks of value or a price. Honor is a very weighty thing, and it brings glory, and it's meant to beautify. And you can see in the ways that we honor each other how that does that, how we honor God, how that does that. There are many keys with regards to how we honor or reasons which we honor. And uh, simply put, they they need to be walked out. They need to be practiced. Okay? This is not uh, the word on you haven't been honoring enough or you need to honor more. Um, I wanted to lay out what honor is. And just by laying it out, usually... It, it's a measure, because we go, oh, yeah, I could do better in this area. I could do better in that area. And I'm convicted by my own words. But as we look at, at honor, I want to shift gears just a little bit and spend the remainder of our time focused on honor as a key to the kingdom. Okay? It's a key to the kingdom in all that it contains. Um And I just want to say this to to start out. Um, Much of what I am going to attempt to articulate has been inspired by um, a Bill Johnson book I've recently picked up. I think I had told you several weeks ago, Hannah got me a few books for Christmas. This is one of them, uh, Born for Significance. Um, And so rather than, you know, lay it all out, I just want you to know that that had a strong influence, it, and it, and it's a great it's a great book. I'm only um, here's what it looks like, okay. For you at home, I don't know if that helps. We'll do that, um, but it's a great book. Uh, I highly recommend it, and I'm well, I'm almost halfway through actually, which kind of surprises me. And some of what I'm pulling out, you know, I'm pulling out this much where he talked about this much in terms of honor. Uh, but it, And then God just added to it. But it is just so good, and I didn't want to try to cram a bunch of things in. I want to get to the essence, essentially, of why honor? The so what and who cares? Why, why, why is it so important? What is it a key of? So, let's start by looking in, if you have your Bible, uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 10, and verse 41, I think. Look, there it is. All right. So, honor. It unlocks and we're going to be looking at, at this, these things in particular, and you're going to see that as we dive into the scripture a bit, it unlocks reward, it unlocks benefit or value. So, simple scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 41 says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So, honoring the prophet unlocks a prophet's reward. 
Okay? It gives us access to the benefits of their ministry and allows us to receive a reward for being a part, as if we're actually a part of that ministry. We honor a prophet and, and there's reward, there's benefit, there's value in that. To, to honor determines reward, benefit, and value received. And just as a side note, you will be hard-pressed to see value in others without giving a measure of honor. So, so what and who cares? If you're struggling to see value in a particular person in your life, start showing them honor in some way, shape, or form. I'm telling you, it will, it will unlock. It will totally unlock uh, their value for you as kingdom Revelation begins to pour out, and you begin to see things from a whole new perspective. All right. Miracles, provision, and healings. Matthew chapter 13, verses 57 through 58. And I don't know that I said this earlier, most of you know this, but if you're tuning in for the first time, um, I'm, if you have a choice on your phone, I'm reading out of, out of the New American Standard if you want to follow along word for word. I don't care that you do or don't, but that's what I'm reading from. So, Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 57, says this. And they took offense at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. The absence of honor costs us dearly. Okay? As we read in Matthew 13, the miracles that were designed for the people in Jesus' hometown never happened as the absence of honor determined what they were able to receive. True. They couldn't receive because they did not honor. See, honor, honor is a key. It is such a key. And it is such an overlooked key. And it's easy to get lazy with honor. Uh, that's not pointed at any of you. That's, that's pointed right back at me. I get lazy with honor. In, whether it's titles or just giving people the simple honor of a little extra time, um, maybe not making the extra phone call that I should, um, making assumptions about people. I could go on about my own lack of honor, okay? But it is such a key. You know, we desire to see miracles, healings. We want to see um, revival, not only just in lives transformed, but we want to see the fullness of revival, right? We want to see the glory. We want to, we want to experience what, what the priests in the temple experienced, right? Or the glory, the kabat just comes in and we go, I'm done. It begins with honor. It articulates why it's been so important to me to, to help cultivate a culture of honor. It's revelation to me. 
So there's a parallel passage in each of the Gospels. And actually, Melissa touched on, on these scriptures last week a little bit. Um, but you'll see in Mark chapter 6 and verse 4, also in Luke chapter 4, verses 23 through 27, and John chapter 4, verse 44. Okay? You see the same thing. It's, it's actually one of the few times you see the same story pretty much repeated, not word for word, but you get different elements in all four Gospels. And so I think it's, it really stands out to me for that reason. Um, and, and obviously, it's something, why did God do that? He repeated it four times and from four different perspectives. And so I want to spend the rest of our time predominantly on Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 23. So let's look at this. Luke 4, 23. And he, Jesus, said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal thyself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you, in truth, There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when the great famine came over all the land, and yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Cyrene. Theory, sorry. So the first two verses here are essentially the parallel, right? Of the verse that we just read, that a prophet is is not without honor except in his hometown. But look at the next two verses, okay? Starting in verse 25. Again, it says, But I say to you, in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. Jesus is drawing a comparison here. Okay? He's talking about honor, and a prophet being without honor in his, in, in his hometown, and how that lack of honor cut off miracles coming forward. They cut off healing coming forth. But he's drawing a comparison and essentially saying, look, the same thing happened with Elisha and Elijah. And he says, likewise, uh, Elijah suffered from lack of honor in Israel in his days because of lack of honor. (laughs) That's kind of redundant, but you get what I'm saying. Verse 25, provision went elsewhere because of lack of honor. Provision during famine went elsewhere because of lack of honor. It went outside of the nation of Israel to Zarephath, to a widow. And he's referencing just one of the passages you'll find is, um, you can find it in 1 Kings chapter 17. Okay? Um, and I want to just spend a little time here as well because I just, I love how scripture ties together, right? 
Old Testament on its own is amazing. New Testament on its own is amazing. When you start blending the two and you go back and forth and you see how things tie in, it's wow. It's just wow. But in 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm going to paraphrase, okay? Uh, Essentially what we see, verses 1 through 7 of this passage, the Lord tells Elijah to go to King Ahab, okay? Ahab and Jezebel were the worst of the worst when it came to rulers of Israel. They were bad, bad dude and dudette. They were bad people, okay? Uh, I I believe scripture even says Ahab was the most evil up to that point. Liar. He was a liar. Yeah. Um, but, so so God tells Elijah to go to Ahab and declare a drought. Okay? In fact, he says, look, the sky is not going to open up except by your word. And if it's going to rain, it's going to come by your word, and that's it. So you're going to take a lot of people off, but I want you to go to Ahab, and I want you to tell him that. And he says, I want you to declare the drought and then go and hide yourself by the brook of Kidron. And I'm going to send you food there, airmail. Okay? He sends him food by ravens. So, essentially, not only is Ahab, are Ahab and Jezebel evil, he knows there's lack of honor there, but if he's telling them to go hide by the brook, there's a pretty good indication that He's saying, you probably ought not trust that anyone else is going to honor you in this nation either. And I wouldn't go looking for food. I'll send you food. I'll send you some care packages. Go to the brook. Okay? So, Elisha does this. Because there was no honor for God or for his prophets during this time, there was lack of provision in the nation. Many might say, or would see it as God punishing the nation. But Jesus, in this passage in Luke, makes the comparison. And he's telling, he's telling the people in the synagogue, the same people to whom he just stood up and declared, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Melissa read this one as well last week. I love how... It just set the stage and and what God had been speaking and and just intertwined all of these things. But Jesus had just stood up and said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to declare good news. The release of captives, the sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, and the favorable year of the Lord. Right? Melissa just got done in her word last week telling us, uh, that the, the 2021 is, is going to be a year of the favor of the Lord. I received that. That's a good word. The whole thing was a good word. I encourage you, if you missed it, to go back and listen to it. There's a lot of good words. If you're looking for things through the week, go back and listen to old words. There's just so much good stuff. It, it, we need to keep feeding on the word of God. We need it broken down, and then we also need to to let it inspire us to get in and start doing our own breaking down. That's another sermon. She just got done declaring that 2021 is the year of the favor of the Lord, right? So Jesus declares this and then goes on to say, while favor is available, 
Honor is the key that unlocks it. Read the whole, the whole section, all of chapter 4 for yourself. Honor is the key to unlocking that favor. Now, I understand when God pours out favor, okay, we have to work at it to, 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 keep, to keep it from coming on us. Because it is the kindness of the Lord which leads to repentance. And so there is favor that's going to dump on you. Okay, regardless of your actions. But there is favor that you have access to, which you can limit by how you choose to honor one another, by how you choose to honor the people around you, by how you choose to honor God himself. Honor is the key that unlocks favor. And then if you go to... Back to to 1 Kings, right? If you go verses 8 through 16, all right, um, we see that provision is unlocked uh, by the widow of Zarephath, okay? Um, Essentially, when Elijah is done at the brook, God says, hey, I want you to go to this widow's house. I want you to leave the nation who is not honoring me, who's not honoring you. I want you to go to this widow's house. And she honored Elijah, God's prophet, by obeying the word that that he brought to her, and he asked for, for bread and water, and, and she's, she and her son are about ready to basically bake what's left, because they have this much oil and this much this much flour, and they were going to eat it, and just lay down and wait to die of starvation. This was their plan, because they had no other plan. They had no other provision, okay? It wasn't because they had a death wish, they just had no choice. There was no provision because of this family. And God brings them to this house. And they choose to honor the prophet by taking from what was their last meal and giving him a portion. And because of that, her jar never ran out of flour. And she never ran out of oil. Why? Because she honored She honored the prophet. And then in in verses 17 through 24, it gets even better. Because there's no more acts of honor. There are no more acts of honor by her. But what you see is that that same honor which she gave initially brings her son back to life. Her son dies. He's in the upper room and she she goes to Elijah and says, my son is dead. Do something about it. I don't know that that was overly honoring. Now, I don't know how she did it. She may have went and begged him. It might have been honoring the way she did it. Probably was. But the point is this. God used Elijah in that situation and it all stems from honor that she gave at the beginning. There is... Extreme value in honor is a weightiness of glory and beauty in honor. Honor brings about miracles, provision, and healing, and the raising of the dead. 
And then Jesus further confirms this if you look at at the rest of that passage in, in Luke 4, verse 27. It says this, And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, Elijah's successor, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. The same lack of honor which Elijah and God experienced in Israel during his time, Elisha experienced as well. And that same lack of honor essentially cut them off. There were all these lepers and not one of them was cleansed. Yet one man, a a pagan general, okay, because of the honor he showed to God's prophet, and to God. And yes, he was reluctant, if you know the story, but because of the honor he showed, he was cleansed. Honor is the key. A great example, and the one I'm going to end with, because, again, there's just so much meat here. You could, you could go on for, for, for quite a while. And I encourage you to look more into honor on your own. But Ephesians chapter 1 uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through through 3. Children. Yeah, that's where he starts. Children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Are you guys listening? Yeah. Yeah, I'm listening. We're all children, so we should all be listening. Okay? So that it may be well with you. Favor, honor begets favor, right? And that you may live long on the earth. I've told this story before, but I think it bears repeating. My father has been through one, two, at least two. Has it been three open heart surgeries now? Two. And multiple stent placement and and casts, okay? Um and a pacemaker from a young age. And he has, through the years, been so concerned and uh, would talk about, well, I'll probably be going soon. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. And, and this started in his, in his late 60s, early 70s. And one year around Christmas time, I, I couldn't tell you how long ago, God said, you need to tell him to stop it because he honored his father and his mother and I made a promise. And you need to tell him that. My father, my father was so honoring. I didn't see him much as a kid. Okay? But I didn't see him much. And when I did see him, it was to go with him to go take care of his father to go take care of the farm, to go take care of, of grandma and grandpa's checkbook, to go take care of their finances, their insurance. Whatever was needed, my father was there. It brings me to tears. The level of honor that I saw in my father. I don't see that very often. And so I took this, this passage of scripture and, and we put it on some parchment paper and we framed it. 
And we gave it to them for Christmas. And we declared this over him. My father is now, he'll be 81 this year. And I can tell you, while I have still heard, I still have heard at times, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, the amount of times that he has said that to me has shrunk a thousandfold. Because I explained to him, look, it's a promise. You can take this to the bank. You honor it. And God will honor that. Honor is a key to unlocking favor that is available. It is the year of favor. Amen. I agree. There's a measure of favor, and then there's a measure, a greater measure of favor that is available that will be totally unlocked or limited by the way you dishonor, the way we honor or dishonor others. This is such a key for the year. Um, Look, God so desires to pour out his favor, and and especially during this season. The only question we have is is what we're going to do with the key that unlocks it more fully. Amen? God is good. His word is good. And I am just astounded and amazed as I continue through the years to dig into it. He leaves me speechless. Not this morning, obviously. (laughs) But he also helps you sometimes articulate the things that you've just had built up. He desires not only this place, but I believe this is happening in the church at large, that God is looking cultivate a culture of honor. And I see it unlocking great things for the body. Amen? Amen. So, won't you stand with me? Because just in case anyone's sleeping or about to, we'll we'll bless you so you can at least hear the final blessing. (laughs) If you're at home, get off your couch. If you're able or willing, I encourage you to just raise your hands to heaven. Father, we just receive the favor that you poured out. And we thank you so much for that. The the favor that comes in relationships and with provision and uh, in our work and every situation. Uh, All of our spheres of influence, Father, we just thank you for that. Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, come and just teach us how to be even more honoring, to build upon what you've, what you've put in our lives and to take it higher, to unlock more of your favor and more of your favor and more of your favor. And Lord, as it comes out, that, that we would honor people by pouring it directly into others. We just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.